Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Showing Up to Life podcast and YouTube channel. My name is Art Burns, and I'm so excited to be here with you today. I really am, too. I wasn't sure I was going to get to make a uh, video today. As you know, uh, most times on Sundays, it, it becomes actually kind of impossible for me to do videos uh, and podcast episodes because of how busy I get during the day with work. Um, opening up my uh, my sort of office hours, if you will, uh, to be to for Saturdays and Sundays to, to work on Saturdays and Sundays has been such an amazing thing for my business. And just, you know, just I hate to call it a business. I don't really consider it a business, but but it's just been such a great way for me to facilitate um, the the availability for people, you know, because, you know, people who work Monday through Friday, I mean, basically, I have, let's see, Wednesday, Thursday and Friday, I'm already booked up for anything that people would consider after work hours, you know, so it's, it's really kind of been something really important to be able to, uh, to offer this on Saturdays and Sundays and Sundays are the day that just gets so overloaded, which I think is wonderful. I think, you know, people are using Sunday for their like self care day in, in this sense. And I think that's beautiful. Um, but, but I just want to, I guess, express some, um, some, gratitude to you uh, for your patience because a lot of times I'm not able to be consistent on Sunday. So, so thank you for that. Um, <clears throat> As you all know, I um, I record um, these kind of longer uh, videos. I was about to say long-winded videos, which is how they seem sometimes. But but I do these longer videos um, here on YouTube and on the uh, podcast. Um, platforms. I'm not sure where you're listening to, but we're on Apple, we're on Spotify, we're on Anchor, we're on, I don't know, four or five different ones, uh, other ones aside from those. Um, and so, and so, um, so I do these longer versions of these topics, right? But then what I will do on most days is I'll take the same topic and I'll do a sort of condensed like one to three minute version of the same kind of talk. Um, and that allows me to, that, that shorter version is what I post on TikTok and Facebook and Instagram and sometimes on LinkedIn. Um, so you can find all that out there. But, but anyway, the reason I'm, I'm, uh, not only did I want to remind you that you can find that out there, uh, but, but I wanted to, uh, point something out that, that somebody, um, you know, because yesterday I did a, a video here about, um, you know, sort of prioritizing presence over productivity, Right. I'm assuming I did that video. Oh my gosh, it's so hard to even remember what's going on these days. <laughs> but 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 anyway, uh, it started out with an Alan Watts quote, right? That says that um, that that we should stop uh, uh, measuring our days by degree of productivity and instead experience them by degree of presence, right? And the idea of what I was talking about in the in the the, the little version, and I honestly can't even remember if I did a longer version of this. But anyway, what we were talking about is the the sense that when we, you know, a lot of times in our lives, we we put so much emphasis and so much priority on the, on the productivity, right? And a lot of this, of course, especially for people like me and many of you who have experienced um, childhood trauma, you know, this is very prevalent, right? Because, you know, it wasn't good enough just to sit and just be you, right? You had to actually produce something, actually actually had to contribute something in order for you to feel some sort of self-worth, right? 
And so this is this is a big deal for a lot of us, right? And, and so a lot of us are stuck in this sort of trauma response of constantly feeling like we need to, to produce, we need to get stuff done, right? But the problem is that that, that, very, that very pressure that we put on ourselves, the very notion that we need to get things done, it sets us up to, to be outside the present moment, right? Because when we put such an emphasis on, on getting stuff done, we're, we're, you know, we're kind of thinking about the outcome, right? What's going to happen if I don't get it done? What, how much time do I have left? How many more things do I have to do in that time? Is it enough? Right? Or we're thinking about the past and what didn't I do yesterday to put myself in a better position today, right? But in either of these cases, we're not right here, right? And then the point is, that, and, and again, I apologize if I'm repeating some of this, but I just want to make sure I cover it a little bit before I get to this next point. The point with this is that, that in either of these, these times, again, we're outside the present moment. We're not right here, but right here is where everything's happening. Right here, right now is where we're going to make the decision and, and we're going to have the idea and we're going to come up with the solution that's going to create more productivity. In, in a very real way, anything we produce, we produce in the present moment. So if you do want to be more productive, then the best way to become more productive is to focus on being more present, Okay. So that's what we talked about yesterday. And again, I don't remember if I talked about it here or just on the TikTok, but that's in a nutshell what it was. So this morning I woke up, or not when I woke up, it's actually just before I went into a meeting about two hours ago, um, or three hours ago rather, uh, I saw a comment on that video on TikTok. And the comment was that this, this woman had commented that she's been fighting with this all day, right? And obviously the the, you know, the, the, the comment meant that she's been fighting with this, you know, productivity versus presence thing all day, right? Or all morning, as she said, which keys me into the fact that she's probably on the West Coast because it was already like one o'clock, right? I'm a, I'm a sleuth when it comes to that stuff. Um, but this is this wonderful California person who I assume is a California person. Um, you know, the, the notion that we're fighting with it is what I wanted to talk about. Okay. And, uh, and so I did a video back to her on her comment. That's one of the best things about TikTok is that, um, you can reply to people with another video, right? So it doesn't have to be like a typewritten thing, which takes a long time and you're doing it on your phone. It's not comfortable. You can actually record a video reply and it shows their comment in the video. And it's really, really cool. So I did one of these for this woman, and, and the, the crux of what I was talking about in my reply to her and what I think is so important here, right? Now, first of all, I get it, right? And there's nothing wrong with feeling embattled by this, right? There's nothing wrong with feeling that this is a conflict, because it probably is, right? And that's okay, right? There's nothing wrong, again, about that. However, I invite you, the same way I invited this woman who uh, follows me on TikTok this morning, I invite you to to maybe look at it in a little bit of a different way, okay? And here's why first. Before I tell you how we're going to look at it differently, let me tell you why it's important to look at it differently, okay? Because when we look at something as being a fight, right? I mean, just, you know, just the fact that we're in the posture of fighting, right? The fight or flight response in our body, right? I mean, that's that very nature of fight is stress, 
right? So automatically, if you feel like you're in some sort of fight or you feel like you need to escape something, automatically you're going to be feeling some level of stress in your body, right? Which, which the stress in your body actually brings you away from the present moment, right? Because stress is all about what's going to happen, what's going to happen, what's going to happen, right? Or it's about what happened, what happened, what happened? What should I have done? What could I have done? That kind of stuff, right? Either way, again, forward or backwards, we're not right here. And the other reason why we want to, you know, maybe examine this language of the fight is because anytime we're in a fight or anytime there is a fight (laughs) that exists, in our understanding, there has to be a winner and there has to be a loser, right? And so that sets up fear, right? Because we don't, nobody wants to lose, right? So we become afraid that we're not going to win, right? And so, so this, this just that fact, right? That, that we're operating from fear of losing, even though it's just an internal fight, right? You know, the, the, the sense that when we feel that it's a fight, we're going to experience that fear, And when we experience that fear, that's more stress, right? That's going to keep making stress. And that's going to keep pushing us away from the present moment into the indeterminate future or into the misunderstood past, right? Because we're going to understand the future and the past based on the stress that we're feeling, right? Which means that we're going to be very pessimistic about the future and we're going to be very self, you know, sort of flagellating about the past, right? We're going to assume that we did things wrong. We're going to assume that we've created problems. We're going to assume things are going to work out poorly. We're going to assume there's going to be problems, And again, this just creates even more stress that pulls us, it just creates a cycle, right? And it just pulls us further and further and further away from what we're trying to do. The good news is (laughs) there's a much simpler way to approach this, okay? So instead of looking at it as a fight, And in fact, I would argue that that we we don't even necessarily have to look at it as something that needs to change or something that needs to be fixed. So so it's not even a fight, but it's not even an improvement, right? We can reel ourselves all the way back here. And instead, what we can do is we can look at it as an opportunity to bring awareness to this thing. Right now, again, in this particular situation, we're talking about the the struggle that we might feel between the the feeling the need for being productive and and feeling the the you know the also the need of being present and sort of the conflict between the two, right? But this concept applies to anything in our lives that we believe needs to change. Now, again, I hesitate to even talk about the word change or fix or heal, you know, because in a lot of ways, there's nothing wrong, right? This is just the way your nervous system responds, right? Just like me, you know. I mean, I've told you all this before, but I was the lucky recipient of when I was 13 years old, you know, my father told me that I was stupid for sitting there and listening to music on the radio. Like, literally told me at 13 years old that you are being stupid, 
for just doing nothing, right? And then he went on to say, it's okay if you're getting stuff done and you want to listen to music while you're getting stuff done. So right there, that started this, right? And so for the last 40 years, right, or 30 years, up until about 10 years ago, I was practicing, right? Like, I cannot be idle. I have to be producing. I have to be coming up with stuff that is, you know, like I can't just be. I have to, you know, there's a value that I have to add to the world. It's not okay just to be me and just sitting here and doing nothing. I have to be producing. So the point here is I didn't choose that, right? I didn't ask for this this thing to happen. It's just the way my nervous system responds based on that first, that one experience. And then you can imagine that my father reinforced that experience several times over, right? And of course, this is also, you know, amplified more by society, right? I mean, there's a whole advertising, billions of dollars in, in, you know, of an industry of advertising that's telling us all the time that we're not rich enough, we're not poor enough, we're not skinny enough, we're not big enough, we're not, you know, pretty enough, we're not ugly enough, right? So there's no point at which everything's just all right, right? We always have to be changing. We always have to be producing. We always have to be, you know, fixing stuff. And so the point is, though, it's like a a conveyor belt or a treadmill, rather. You're never going to find the end of it. (coughs) So getting back to our point, pardon me for the digression. (laughs) Anything we want to change. I'm reminded of the James Baldwin quote, <coughs> and I by no means do I mean to um, <coughs> denigrate James Baldwin's quote by, you know, by this topic. Obviously, he was talking about something that was much more, <coughs> pardon me, much more of a, um, a global social issue, right, where we're talking about something that's more of an individual sort of self-improvement issue. So, <coughs> pardon me, my allergies. Um I just want to sort of contextualize that, right? But but the quote that I'm thinking about from James Baldwin is that he said, and I'm going to paraphrase, I don't know if I'm remembering exactly his words, but <clears throat> not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing that, nothing can be changed until it is faced, right? And so what that is saying, and this is very, very true, right? That anything we want to change, anything, <clears throat> somebody wakes up, you know, coughing in the morning, they say, oh, I got to stop smoking, right? Somebody, you know, steps on the scale at night and says, oh, I got to lose weight. Somebody, um, you know, um, you know, wakes up with a hangover for the fourth time this week. Oh, man, I got to stop drinking, right? It's always the awareness that comes first, always, without exception. Now, some things we change that we're already aware of, so maybe it doesn't feel like there's that step, but the awareness is always first, okay? And so, and and in a lot of cases, and specifically with this case right here, this case being the, the, the conflict between this need for productivity and also the need for presence, right? That once we bring awareness to it, Right. Once we just notice that we are in this state of conflict or that we're, we're, we're putting too much emphasis on productivity, just bringing awareness to it, we're already doing the thing. 
right? Because as soon as I bring awareness to it, I'm coming back into the present moment. I'm being more present and less productive. Because what I'm doing is I'm noticing this thing that is happening right now in the present moment. I'm not noticing something that maybe will happen later. No, I'm noticing right now I'm feeling very, you know, attached to this this need to be productive. So, so in other words, that second step becomes unnecessary. The fixing of it becomes unnecessary. The winning some kind of fight becomes unnecessary. The only thing I have to do is bring awareness to it. Now, in a lot of cases, it's not going to just end there, right? Like, so the person who, you know, comes aware of the fact that they have a drinking problem has to go through a whole process of not drinking. And that is not something that's just, oh, just as long as I'm aware of it, I don't do it anymore. That's not the case at all. Okay. But in this particular case, it is. And with a lot of the things that we work on sort of internally, moment by moment, bringing the awareness is often the the hardest part of it, right? And so again, <clears throat> the idea here is that, in, and this is important, even if you are talking about something that is, you know, like giving up, becoming sober and giving up drinking or drug, drug use, right? Like even that, if we think of it as something that I have to fight, well, <clears throat> Generally speaking, I'm setting myself up to lose that fight the minute I believe that it's something I have to fight for. So instead, looking at it as a process of healing, you know, rather than something I have to win, right? But again, the important thing is that it starts awareness, okay? It starts with the awareness. Now, there's a wonderful practice I want to tell you about here, okay? That I've told you about this before, but I'm telling you again, because this is the perfect practice for exactly this process that we're talking about. Again, <clears throat> it might be something that you're, you know, you're, you're just struggling with this idea of being productive versus being present, or it could be anything, right? It could be just chronic stress that you're feeling. It could be anxiety. It could be depression. It could be insomnia. It could be an illness, whatever it is, okay? <clears throat> Bringing awareness to it first, right? So what we can do, and, and, I, and I recommend you do this as a, um, <clears throat> as a, as a practice, <clears throat> pardon me, that you do intentionally, right? So don't just do this just when there's some sort of conflict, because the problem here is that, again, once you feel like you're in a fight, you're already in the stress response. And once you're in the stress response, you're no longer operating with your thinking brain. You're now operating from your reactive brain, and you're not going to remember to do this practice, okay? Pardon me. I'm just going to take this lozenge out of my mouth here because it's hard to talk that way. <laughs> But um, so, so, so it's really important to teach yourself to do this as a habit, okay? So that's why what we do is we would do this practice, say, four times a day, okay? Now, the practice, before you get scared, <laughs> this practice doesn't take more than a minute or two, okay? So it's not, and even once you get going, it can even be done in like 10 seconds or less, okay? So please, when I say four or five times a day, I'm not talking about a huge amount of work, okay? The practice... I simply call it the pause, okay? <clears throat> what you're going to do, and now again, in the training, and now what, what almost always happens, right, is that people come to me a month later and say, I'm not doing the pause anymore. And then I ask them a few questions, and they say, oh, wait, yeah, no, I was, I did, I, yeah, 
I am doing the pause. I didn't even know I was doing the pause. That's the magic, right? It becomes something that we do intuitively, automatically, without any effort, okay? But we can only get to that point by putting in the effort for, you know, they say about 20 days or so, <clears throat> okay? So, so four weeks. If you can give me four weeks of doing this five times a day, I promise you that you will never have to worry about doing this again, okay? It'll just start to come automatically, and then it becomes a self-feeding sort of positive feedback loop. So, so if you can do this five times a day for the next four weeks, okay, <clears throat> commit to doing it, here's what you're going to do. Now, again, because you're doing it five times a day, there's there's a cue that's going to be necessary, right? Because, you know, don't trust your memory, right? Because you're going to, there's going to be plenty of days where you're going to bed and saying, ah, oh, I didn't do the pause at all today. Darn it, right? So now there's two ways to do this. Now, now, I, I, I am fortunate, not sure how exactly this worked out, but I'm fortunate enough to work with a bunch of people or, or several people who have been students, right, whether high school or college or extra, you know, uh, or their teachers, right? And the point that I'm making with this is that a student has a very regimented schedule, right? You have seven periods a day, right? So, so we can use that regimented schedule to do this pause, Right. So so in other words, you know, at the first period, third period, fifth period, you know, that kind of stuff. Right. So if you have that kind of lifestyle, I personally don't like there is nothing regimented about my lifestyle at all. I set no alarm clocks. I literally know nothing that's going to happen except for my, you know, schedule of meetings. That's the only structure that my schedule has. Right. So for me, there's no way I could use any kind of, you know, organic sort of landmarks of my day. So for me, I turn to my phone. OK, there's my my cat Skittles, by the way, on my phone. He's such a sweetie. Um, <clears throat> set a reminder to go off right now. There's the reminder app. There's also alarms or there's calendar entries. You can use either one of those technologies on your phone. They're all preloaded. You have all these apps. I'm pretty sure. Um, but set these things to remind you four or five times a day to do this practice. Okay. So however you're, you're working out that, that cue system, when the cue happens, you're going to do a very, very simple practice, okay? One of my clients calls it SET, S-E-T, okay? Sensation, emotion, thought, okay? So when the cue happens and the reminder happens or the class bell rings, you're just going to pause again in the beginning, a minute or two, eventually, like seconds, like literally it doesn't even feel like you're stopping anything. It's just flowing. Right? It's like pausing without pausing. It's like pausing on the run. <laughs> the first step, check in with your body. Now, in the, in the beginning stages, what I would do is if you were my client, I would say, check in with your chest, with your shoulders, and with your face. And just notice what is, what is the feelings in, in those three areas. Eventually, as you start getting more comfortable with it, radiate that out and start looking into, okay, what's happening in my pelvis? What's happening in my uh, legs? What's happening in my feet? <clears throat> Again, just noticing your body, noticing your sensations of your body, okay? Now, it's not the senses, it's the sensation, right? <clears throat> Second step is the emotions. 
just again, just inquiring, what emotions am I feeling right now? Now, it's not so important that you be able to name, although that is very helpful to be able to, the more accurately you can name your emotions, the more you're going to have control over the, over the affect of those emotions, right? So, so it's very important. But in this early stages, don't worry so much about naming them, but just allow yourself to feel them. Right. But but the important thing is, is that there's there's usually, you know, one emotion that we see right away. Right. Like I'm happy. Right. OK. But what is underneath happy? A lot of times I like to describe emotions like a mosaic. Right. When I'm looking from, you know, 40 feet away, it's a picture of a fish. Right. But as I go closer to it, I notice that the fish is not just one big painting. It's actually made up of lots of different tiles that are all different shapes and sizes that form the, the, the overall image of this this fish. Right. The emotions are the same way. <clears throat> right. So something that feels happy or something feels sad or something feels angry, like for instance, anger is probably going to also include, you know, envy or resentment or fear or, or, you know, threatening or, you know, all kinds of different feelings that feed into what we call anger. Okay. So the, and, and here's the important thing though. Okay. The question is far more important than the answer in this practice. Okay, like I said, it is very important, very valuable and helpful for you to start understanding your emotions more, more clearly, be able to name them more articulately. But in this, in this practice, it's more about asking the question, just checking in with it, okay? So don't worry about getting it right, just worry about asking the questions, okay? Now, after the emotions, we're going to go into our thoughts. And specifically, we're going to ask ourselves two really important questions about our thoughts. Number one, are my thoughts running through my mind really quickly right now? Or does there seem to be an ease to my thoughts, right? And generally speaking, are my thoughts tending towards the future or are they tending towards the past, now, of course, this gets a little tricky because while you're doing the practice, you're probably thinking about the practice, right? So you have to be a little bit like, almost like let the thoughts do something for a minute and see like, okay, where did that thought go? Did it go into the future or did it go into the past, right? Again, the question is much more important than the answer, <clears throat> okay? Do that practice four or five times a day for four weeks and then write me an email and tell me how you feel, Okay. Please do that for me. I would really, really appreciate it if you could do that for me. All right, everybody. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. So glad I could get in this impromptu Sunday uh, episode. It feels really good. Uh, I'm going to go into my uh, my weekend here of Monday and Tuesday. I hope you all have a wonderful um, next couple of days. I hope that you are able to meet each uh, experience with acceptance, with presence, with, uh, with curiosity, and with compassion for yourself and everyone around you. And don't forget that forgiveness is for you, not for them. <laughs> Have a great day, everybody. I wish you well. Take care.